This is Wisconsin Profits, the top Wisconsin-based business podcast. We'll hear from business leaders, entrepreneurs, and the influential people in the Badger State. Here's your host, Alex Byrne. And welcome back. Today we have Jim Fraser in the Milwaukee area. Hi, Jim. How are you? Good, Alex. How are you, man? I'm doing good this morning. Uh, could you start off by giving us kind of a little background about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I've uh, been here in uh, Brookfield at the 124th and Capitol location for uh, a little over seven years now. Uh, I also own, own and operate the uh, location in the Pfizer Forum uh, for a few years. I think back in 2018 is when we kind of established that. Uh, prior to that, I was, I was with Chick-fil-A um, down in Raleigh, North Carolina, kind of working at, with an owner-operator down there to kind of learn the business. Uh, prior to joining Chick-fil-A, also, it was just I owned my own business. I had a, a couple cafes in Raleigh. I uh, had a commercial cleaning business and kind of dabbled into the real estate. Uh, college education-wise, I don't have a business degree. Uh, actually, my degree is actually in occupational therapy. Uh, it was a profession I just felt like it wasn't something for me when I started into the profession. Um, grew up in upstate New York, New York and uh, yeah, just have a, a wife and two kids and loving life. That's awesome. So you said you got uh, involved with an operator in Raleigh, North Carolina. Can you talk a little bit about how you found that? Yeah, sure. Like, uh, like, like I stated before, like I had a cafe in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, and back in 2009, there was a recession. And I had to kind of make some choices, either go get recapitalized and uh, kind of uh, just fight through the fight of the recession or just uh, wash my hands clean and kind of start all over. Well, in Raleigh, uh, unlike here, um, the, uh, there was a ton of uh, chick plays down there. I kind of just reached out to him networking wise, uh, just kind of asking him if there was any other opportunities that he knew of. I wasn't aware of the Chick-fil-A franchise or the business itself and how the arrangement was. Uh, but through that discussion, we kind of uh, got connected that way. And he also came to my cafe quite a bit as well. So that's kind of the initial, I guess, uh, uh, introduction that we had with each other. Yeah, that's awesome. Could you uh, maybe speak to a little bit to maybe someone who's younger and like the importance of networking and like even just when you're not even looking for something? Because you said yeah. you came into the cafe a lot and that's how you kind of got the the role. Yeah, I would say that um, I guess the biggest advice, especially to if I had to kind of like speak to myself, um, you know, 20 years uh, younger, I would say that never... Um, I mean, there's always an opportunity there in front of you. And uh, also don't do it just for selfish ambitions uh, because I truly am a big believer in mutual benefit, beneficial uh, agreements and partnerships. And uh, as long as you're just kind and represent yourself well, and you're not trying to do it for selfish gain, um, everybody always knows that, hey, you're trying to achieve something, especially if you're pursuing in a... Um, I guess, type A or, or, or business or leadership role, you're trying to gain something and that's okay. Um, but I think it's also make sure that you're not just doing it for yourself and that's it. Um, because I think people, people feel through that. Um, and also, I guess another piece of advice is never be afraid of being the dumbest person in the room. And I, what I mean by that is ask the questions that are in your head uh, I know through, you know, again, I, occupational therapy background, no business experience whatsoever. And I did not know about paying taxes once a month in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I got behind. 
Um, so I just, um, you know, I, I got into it and, uh, and then I, from that point forward, I was networking with people and just wanted to know, Hey, uh, this is on my mind. And, uh, instead of just researching it online, I want to know from somebody else that's already done it. Yeah. So you, you mentioned that you're, you have an occupational therapy background. Could you maybe talk a little bit about how, like how that came to fruition and then kind of the moment it changed from you doing that to opening your own cafe? Yeah, I guess, um, I went to college to, uh, mainly to play basketball. It was a small NAIA school up in upstate New York. Um, and really, I didn't put any, a lot of thought into it. I was just uh, in a pre, pre-season run with one of my friends, asked him what he did, and he said it was an occupational therapist. And, uh, of course, back then, I had no idea what it was. It was kind of fairly a new profession. And um, <clears throat> he said, well, as long as you're good in science and math and you like helping people and you make some good money, it's maybe something you want to look at. And all I did was went to registrars and changed my, my degree. And that was it. I didn't really look into it. Uh, I just thought, uh, great, science and math are, are, are my strengths. And, you know, it was uh, uh, something I can make some money and help people. Uh, great. And then as I kind of got into the profession, it just really just, uh, I don't know, it just felt like it wasn't for me. Uh, I was making great money. Uh, I wanted to be fulfilled where I was at home and everywhere else. And uh, I just felt like I forgot I was like 23 years old at that time. And I just like, you know, if I'm going to mess something up, let's mess it up now. Uh, while I have uh, some youngness in me that I can kind of get over any type of debt service if I did have to get, get that. And um, I just felt like, hey, we only live once. Let's try it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think now there's kind of a focus on, hey, I want to I want to open a business. I should go to college versus I, I can open a business out of college without any yeah. experience. Could you talk a little bit about like business learning and what's the best way to learn it? Do you think you can learn it? Yeah, textbook, I mean, or do you think you have to like go out there and actually do it? Yeah, I guess that's, uh, I don't think there's a cookie box, uh, cookie cutter, like answer to that because I think everybody learns in a different way. Um, but I guess, can you do it? For sure. You can learn it through the business and buy textbook. Can you just learn it by, I say the streets, but it's more of just like on hands training. Um, so you can do either or. Uh, I think there's a lot of value in just getting your hands dirty and learning it because uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not a school guy. I, I didn't right. really enjoy going to classes. And, I, um, I, you know, I'm glad I only went for four years because if I had to go for longer, I probably would have probably dropped out. <laughs> Um, not that I did bad in school. I just didn't, it just didn't entertain my mind very well. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think you could do either or I think it's just more of like how you utilize your resources that you have. You know, I think there's probably a lot of great uh, professors at your college, uh, that can probably give you some experience or even net, help you network with some other people as well. Yeah, definitely. So kind of these first few years in college, could you maybe talk about some of the biggest lessons you pulled from that? The first few years? Um, you're talking about like the freshman, sophomore year once you get started or? Yeah, well, just college in general and maybe even basketball and kind of like how it's helping mm. you today. Yeah, I think it's just more of, I mean, I guess it's not for all businesses, but I guess the industry that I am in, it's like being able to learn uh, the ability to kind of like be around people. Um, because in our food industry business, it's more about people than the food. And, you know, the food can be, you know, we can we can probably one day have a robot cook the food, but truly it's about people and like how you can kind of lead and develop others. 
um, and also be able to interact with uh, the, the community itself. So I think uh, without knowing it, um, you know, in college, you have all walks of life from different types of backgrounds, different ages. And uh, as long as you're kind of intentional with uh, the environment itself, you can learn a lot from the people around you, even if you don't enjoy about being around everybody. Yeah, definitely. So after college, you said you maybe bounced around a few occupational therapy, therapy jobs. When, what was kind of like the transition? Did you have like a moment where you're like, Hey, I mean, I know you touched on it earlier, like being 23, I should mess it up now. You know, if I'm, if I'm going to yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. talk a little bit about kind of the thoughts behind that. And then how, how'd you get from upstate New York to, to Raleigh? North yeah. North? Yeah. I mean, I guess I was just more of, um, I just didn't really, I get, it was more of a feel because, uh, I was, I'm a pretty active guy uh occupational therapy at the time and the professions that I was like I needed to interact with people um I couldn't I'm wired where I just cannot be behind a desk where I mentally fall asleep and I just felt like I was just drained from that so from that feeling I was like okay there's got to be something else out there what else can I do what else can I look at um I also looked at people like older than I was like okay so what can I learn from them um, what can, what do I not want to duplicate and make the same mistakes over and over again? Um, so there was no like intentionality on that, but it was just more of the feel that I had that like, okay, I want to be able to do something. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to make money, but at the same time, I wanted to be fulfilled in my spirit and be okay with like, I, I enjoy what I do. Like Truett Kathy, our founder of Chick-fil-A said, uh, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Um, and I truly believe that. And uh, it's like enjoyment when I come to the restaurant to kind of like be around my team. So uh, the transition to uh, North Carolina, it was just I graduated college uh, and uh, I had some friends down in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, kind of met my uh, future bride through them and took a leap of faith and just went down and uh, just proposed to her and started my life there as a, as a married man. And um, and also part of wanting to get out of the snow too. So, yeah, awesome. So, could you maybe touch on you? You talked a lot about like enjoying what you do, and that that I, I swear that theme comes up every time I record one of mm. these. Could you talk <laughs> about? Could you talk about like that and how you've seen it impact your life and your success mm. at work? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, let's be honest. Um, you're not going to enjoy anything you do a hundred percent of the time. Right. I mean, there's I mean, if you do, I mean, I, I don't know what that is. I've never <laughs> met anybody uh, that really, truly enjoys it every single minute of the day. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's just more of. Yeah, you can achieve all your goals, but you got to have uh, some purpose in life and like what you want to do to help others. Um, you know, I don't have an exact answer or science right. behind it, but I, I just I just think. Yeah, I mean, you should just like uh, things at your age in college and things like that. I'm sure there's things that you just kind of pop up and get up and going because you're so excited about it, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think there's truly things out there for everybody that can be fulfilled in both uh, financially and whatever that is, um, you know, like the, 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 the living or the living wage or, or, or just what you want to hit monetarily wise is, is different for everybody, you know, making $50,000 a year could be like awesome for somebody. 
Um, but to somebody else, that could be like really low. Uh, right. But you just got to have those goals in mind, like how you want to live your life on a monetary level. And then also just like, how do you want to be fulfilled? Like uh, there's this book out there called Halftime by uh, Bob Buford, I believe. Uh, just like that first half of your life is about achievement and like doing successes. Uh, but once you hit that, either you hit it earlier or later, um, you go from there to being able to be fulfilled um, with a purpose, you know, like it, it doesn't have have to be something specific. It's like, what do you want to do? Like give back to your family, friends, community, whatever it is. So. Right. Definitely. And so this first cafe kind of, how did you uh, find like the location for it and get the financing to do the deal? <laughs> yeah, that's, that was a, uh, that was just all the timing. Um, I was just looking around. I was looking at every other franchise and business in the world. Um, you know, I think I remember I looked into a subway and I just saw how much money it was to open it up and everything else. Um, I didn't come from money, um, so I didn't really have the resources to do so. Um, so I, I found a cafe on a corner that was going out of business and uh, just kind of engaged with some of those guys. And uh, they're looking to do something um, kind of like to, to help them get out of their, 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 their situation there. So truly I just partnered up with some other guys locally that I knew and uh, just give me that education for as much as I could from a coffee cafe or food industry. And, uh, and they helped me network with some other people to get connected to get some wonderful angel investors to um, make it all happen because I didn't have the money. I had to go to the bank to, to get some of the money, but they're willing to kind of invest that into reality. I guess I proved myself that I could do some of the stuff that I was talking about. Yeah, definitely. So kind of what were a few things that you did to turn the cafe around? Um, really mainly about consistency and service. Uh, I think uh, we also have to make sure that we're doing a long-term play than a short-term play. I guess back then I was just, you know, like you feel like uh, independence, just change the times, like the, the small things, like operational hours, like they just based upon, um, I'm sorry, but it's, um, um, so just more of uh, like operational hours, just being consistent and um, kind of just going from there and just providing the service that you're supposed to and, and research too. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know, I didn't like coffee. I didn't, I didn't know anything about coffee, but I found a roaster and I went down to the roast roastery and just helped help. he he educated me on like how the coffee bean is and everything else. So wow. that's awesome. So if you could yeah. go back like to that beginning stages, what, what's one thing you do differently with the cafe? Uh man, that's a good question. I would say just not being as naive. Um you know, I guess. There's not a lot of things I would do differently in that question because I always feel like you you make your choices and you learn from them. Um, yeah, you wish you can avoid some errors, but I also feel like those errors and mistakes are necessary to grow. Um, because like I worked hard those first two years, I opened and closed my cafe. Um, I didn't see my wife for the first few years of our marriage. We we closed for Thanksgiving and Christmas only. And, um, you know, mainly because I wanted to get out of debt as fast as possible. Uh, yeah. So I was willing to put that time in 
you know, like, yeah, I wish I spent more time with my wife, but at the same time, I wouldn't have gotten out of debt so quick, you know? Uh, so uh, if I could do things differently, I would just make sure, I don't know, it's always like the ability to kind of research and network with people better, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what was kind of your biggest achievement with the cafe or the, or the kind of the most fulfilling part? And then why'd you end up moving on from the cafe? Yeah. I mean, the most fulfilling part was mainly just the people uh, really like I, I developed friendships that I still have today. And that was, um, gosh, that was like 20 years ago. Um, and, and the girls and guys that were a part of my team back then were, you know, it was maybe their first job, you know, and I was able to kind of establish a, a hopefully a good environment in my opinion for them. Um, so that's probably one of the fulfilling parts that I was able to kind of establish those friendships. Uh, actually, we've got a coincidentally ran into a guy here uh, not too long ago that's in Milwaukee that actually used to work for me um, down in the cafe. Yeah, and it was it was like a fluke, and um, so I'm glad I treated him decently. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I forgot what was the other part of your question there. Why'd you end up moving on from the cafe? Oh, mainly because of the recession. Really, to be honest, like 2009 was when that recession hit. Uh, like a lot of the major anchor tenants uh, left. Um, I was a small mom and pa. I had a couple of locations at that time. And then I also had, uh, my, I had a boy girl twin born early in 2010. And uh, I just really had, a, I, I just didn't feel like I could fight it anymore uh, to get out of the recession, but there was no light at the end of the tunnel. Right, yeah, definitely. And then, so what kind of was the next step after that? Mm -hmm. Mainly the next step was to, I took some time off, to be honest with you. Like I took, uh, I had a commercial cleaning business going at the same time. Uh, I took some time off. Uh, I kind of laid in my efforts there and just kind of reevaluated life. Kind of thought about like, do I go back to occupational therapy? Um, do I, do I do anything else? Do I partner with anybody else or anything like that? So during that time, my, my kids were coming out of the NICU, so I was spent some valuable time with my family at that time. And uh, then, obviously, like I stated before, just being able to network and just kind of see what was out there that partnered up with the Chick-fil-A owner-operator there. Right. So after you partnered up with the Chick-fil-A owner-operator, can you talk a little bit about the application process and if you think kind of your past experience with the cafe sets you apart? Yeah, for sure. Um that definitely, in my opinion, probably set me apart because I was willing to kind of uh, <clears throat> take a risk on my own. Um, obviously, being an independent business owner kind of uh, adds a lot of value as well because with a franchise, I mean, there are some, a lot of things that are kind of done for you. Uh, where as an independent business owner, I had QuickBooks, I had all the, all the things uh, started and stopped with me. Um, so I didn't have any type of... Um, you know, uh, 1-800 helpline to kind of like help me through any type of struggles that I had. Uh, so the, the, the process itself, uh, it, it's, it's definitely somewhat intense. Like they do investigate you from birth to present. Um, you know, just more of like your character, competency, uh, financials, things like that. Uh, just being able to truly, in my opinion, again, it's just more like how can you develop others? How can you develop yourself? And how you can develop a brand and if you have that leadership ability um, they're looking for leaders that are kind of willing to not only do that but also be connected and stay connected with the community itself um, 
the process was I, I applied. It's generally about an 18 to 24 month process itself. They kind of just do a lot of interviews throughout that 18 to 24 month process. Uh, it does help, like I said before, to have my business uh, background, but also kind of learn the culture and the systems of the business as well by working with that owner operator. So I kind of had a, a resume builder. Right. And uh, so uh, the process is <clears throat> simplistic in nature, but kind of intense where they're just kind of, again, doing the interviewing process with you to see, is this the guy we want to partner with? Kind of like a shark tank type of environment. So. Yeah. Um, a lot of questions, a lot of different various questions, but mainly um, stemmed around those three things that I said about leadership of yourself, others, and a brand. Definitely. Could you talk about what makes Chick-fil-A different and why you why you went with Chick-fil-A and not like the Subway? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I couldn't go for the Subway because of the, the money involved. Right. Like uh, a lot of people don't know, like uh, Chick-fil-A takes a, uh, a nominal fee of $10,000 to become an owner-operator. Um, mainly because they're not really interested in the money itself. They really kind of want to make sure they have a partner um, to kind of build a business with. So um, that's part of the reason why I want to Chick-fil-A. And also just because of the proven success that Chick-fil-A had and the culture um, to truly not only say that you're going to care and serve, but also do it. Uh, there's a lot of things that happen in this world where a lot of people will kind of like, say that they're going to do it but not none of the action actually happens right definitely so maybe like if you could speak a little bit to the startup process kind of what was like thrilling there and kind of what was different from the cafe yeah i mean the grand opening here was uh so uh we were blessed with the first uh uh freestanding unit in the state of wisconsin so uh there was a mall uh location there and uh i think it's called uh, southridge um not southridge um uh, in racine at the yeah. time oh man i'm trying What's to think that? of that name i'm trying to think of the name <laughs> yeah yeah the mall uh, regency yeah, oh, yeah. yeah yeah so yeah the regency mall had a chick-fil-a in there and that was the only chick-fil-a here in the state of wisconsin at that time so we got blessed with the first freestanding unit uh got that open so we had a lot of uh, attention on us <laughs> at that time and uh, we were just gangbusters busy. Um, so it was more intense because of this, uh, the, the, the demand to hire as much staff as I could. Um, I had, I think I hired roughly about 100, 150 people um, to get started. And, uh, and uh, I was just that busy. I mean, again, we, we, we 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 are as I say we as Chick Fil A just own and operate differently, uh, so a lot of people would know that we have a roughly about 160 people on our payroll right now wow. at our one one restaurant too. Just because the the differences on Chick Fil A is that we want to provide the best service possible, um, and what that does require not just because of the volume we have, but just because of the way we do uh, our products. We hand bread things here. We make salads and fruit. Uh, fruit cups every day uh, as fresh as possible so that requires more manual labor than yeah. just getting pre-made or pre-frozen um, so yeah so it was the, the intensity was just more of like meeting the demand of the community because we're one of the first ones here 
Yeah, definitely. So that 160 people, how's that broken down by role? Like, where are they throughout the business? Yeah, um, I would say most of it's up front. I don't know the exact percentage, but uh, let's say 60% of it's up front because we do strive on our drive-through to kind of um, get people in and out. So we have people taking orders on the iPads outside. We also have uh, like a, a credit card readers and things like that, just kind of expedite the process because the faster we can get the food into the kitchen, like what the people are ordering, the faster we can kind of whip them around. Um, then uh, drive-through wise and what we call the cockpit area is just more of, you know, there's people on headsets, uh, drink machines, shake machines and bagging food. Uh, and then obviously the dining room too, we, we do have like a couple dining room attendants that kind of make sure that our dining room stays clean inside and out. Um, then the rest of the people are probably in the back. So during our peak times, I would say we probably have roughly about 15 to 20 people in the kitchen uh, during our peaks uh, for lunch or dinner, uh, just to make sure that we make product as we go instead of like making a bunch and letting it sit. Um, just to keep that quality aspects up. Right, definitely. So from like an owner standpoint, what what's the best part of this for you? Like what's the most fulfilling part? The best, most fulfilling part is really the people. Uh, so we, we have a dream board here uh, at our restaurant to make sure that we know everybody's dreams, uh, big or small, whatever they want to share. And we try to help them accomplish it truly. Um, we don't roll out the red carpet or anything like that, but I think it's just being able to have uh, a person that has some um, eyes and ears on their journey and the restaurant business isn't for everybody, uh, but we can definitely help them fulfill it in some ways, shape or form. Like we have scholarships here too. Like if people just want to use this as a job, just to get them through college. Great. So we, we ask like, well, what's their dream? Do they want to become a doctor or whatever it may be? Um, what, what can we kind of like install some values in them that kind of help them in their future careers? So that's very fulfilling, especially when they come back um, and you, you're able to engage with them. Uh, and also just help people like pursue Chick-fil-A if they wanted to as well as an owner operator, uh, work for the support center, which, which is basically our corporate office. Um, because as Chick-fil-A grows, um, there's going to need to be support from the corporate office too. Uh, we currently have 2,900 locations, roughly, uh, nationwide. But uh, the intentionality is to go into international territories. Um, we do have a couple, uh, about three or four in Canada. Uh, there's two opening up in Puerto Rico, even though that's not technically international. But obviously, depending upon what happens with COVID and everything else, it, it will, the time, timing is just where it's not if, it's just when they start going into other countries to open on own and operate so there'll be a need from the corporate staff and a need from an operator staff as well that's great so also if yeah. I, i'm correct you you operate the one on capital drive but you also operate the one in pfizer forum and if correct, correct that's the first chick-fil-a in an nba stadium it was yep it was the first one um that i think there's currently a few more like uh the charlotte hornets um indiana pacers and utah jazz but uh, there could be more than that awesome could you talk a little bit about the experience with that and how it differed from the capital drive location oh yeah uh complete difference because one there's a, a minimized menu uh and also it's a lot about speed because uh, i don't know if you go to go any um go to any games for the milwaukee bucks or marquette uh, we just, it's just about people just want to get their food and get back to their seats, you know, 
Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 obviously less hospitality. Like the freestanding unit is more about hospitality and speed. Uh, but the 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 Pfizer farm is mainly about speed. Definitely. So. If you could go back kind of the, the beginning of Chick-fil-A, kind of, is there anything you, you wish you had done differently to help, you know, bolster the process, made, made it uh, easier for you? Um, no, I don't think so. I think, uh, again, through my business ownership, I was able to know that I needed to uh, ask as many questions as possible. Um, I was never afraid of being the dumbest person alive because I just wanted to know, like, hey, I'm doubting my answer. Let me let me ask this question because I really truly wanted to know. So I don't think I would have done anything differently. Uh, I mean, again, if you asked me a few years ago if I'd be in Wisconsin, uh, I would think that you're crazy because <laughs> I had no connections here. I wanted to stay in North Carolina, but uh, after moving here, we don't want to leave here. So, um, but yeah, I, I can't really think of anything out of my head that would yeah. be differently through that process. That's great. Yeah. So last question for you. Where do you see yourself in five years and the Chick-fil-A brand like that you operate? And then how do you, how are you, what steps are you going to take to get there? Yeah, so in the next five years, we hope to have at least one more freestanding unit. Uh, so we'll have this location, another freestander, and the Pfizer form uh, with potential aspects of having a third freestanding unit. But that depends upon growth and everything else. Um, so we'd love to see that. Uh, would love to actually be a, a kind of a beacon of light for the community too, for, for people and staff, uh, not just a beacon for the community by our service, but really truly being, and I genuinely mean this, but it's just more of being an employer, a place of business that people actually enjoy. Uh, we just had a Christmas party with our staff and uh, there was about 80 people that was there, 90 people there. And it was just, it was just awesome just kind of like be able to provide a, an environment where people kind of get along. Not all of them are best friends, but at least they all get along. Uh, and I think they all kind of like want the best for everybody. We're not perfect in any way. We have our, our faults. Uh, but just being able to provide an environment just that people can really grow uh, and develop themselves however they want to grow. And just because we're in the fast food doesn't mean we have to conduct ourselves that way. So we do a lot of things that are just like uh, – uh, where people don't believe, like we do 401k benefits. Uh, for example, that 401k is a, we, we throw in a, a, the 3% without you magically having to put in any. Um, we have health insurance, we have paid time off, we have, you know, compensation that people make, you know, 40, 50, $100,000. So, um, so in the future, I hope to keep on expanding that too as well. So really it's not about the benefits and money, but it's just more of like, hey, you're fulfilled at what you do and also getting our staff uh, involved of like serving the community as well. So we'll do like the turkey trot this past Thanksgiving um, and doing other things too to kind of really make sure that we give back to the community as a team. That's great. Well, I just want to thank you again for coming on today. I think there's a lot of valuable yeah. pieces in this. Well, I hope so. And if you need anything, just let me know, Alex. Okay.